How's it going, everybody? Luke Buckley here, Joe Marino, and a third very special guest with us from Charging Buffalo, Curtis Schwartzkopf, here to talk some uh, expansion drafts, some entry draft as well. Uh, big week for the NHL, a lot happening. Currently a roster freeze going on that'll lift in a couple of days. Tomorrow, of course, on ESPN2, we have the Seattle expansion drafts. Friday, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that will be the NHL entry draft. Uh, check your local listings there. I don't know who would be broadcasting that now. Probably ESPN. Uh, but we're here, Joe and I at least, we have our expansion list prepared, our expansion draft rather. We each did a team. Uh, Curtis will be analyzing them, chiming in every once in a while. Then uh, I'll kind of be returning the favor when these guys talk about the the entry draft. Because, uh, listen, that's not my forte, guys, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, now, um, right at the bat, let's acknowledge this. Yes, the audio is a little different. Uh, that's because we're back on Zoom for this one show only. Um next Tuesday or Wednesday or preferably Tuesday when Joe and I are back at the, the Charging Buffalo studio. Uh, we'll be back at our state-of-the-art uh, equipment. Is that right, Joe? Radio quality. Radio Stand, uh, quality, I can attest to that. What's the word that I'm looking for here? Uh, it's, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's when stuff. I worked at Entercom, it was exactly the same. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so I, I guess what you wanted to do, Joe, at the top of this was to talk expansion first, right? So kind of go expansion. Yeah, we'll lead in with expansion. Uh, before we get into expansion, uh, Curtis, I just want to give you the opportunity to, to promote your work uh, and uh, shout out your Twitter and yeah. everything else that you're working on. Yeah, so first off, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, it's been a while since I was able to join on with you, so I'm glad to do it again. Uh, I am on Twitter at Curtis NHL Draft, and I cover Sabres prospects and the NHL Draft for the Charging Buffalo. And then on the side, I also do some work for future considerations uh, as a video scout, uh, doing the scouting reports for those guys, and also doing similar writing content that's just not specific to the Sabres, just more general NHL draft prospect stuff. Uh, so it's something I'm really passionate about and I'm glad that I'm kind of able to have these different platforms to, to voice my opinions and, and to talk about prospects and the NHL draft. So, um, and then the other thing that um, Joe, you know, we've been working on is the charging Buffalo draft guide, which is a day or two from being released. Um, we've put a lot of effort into that the last several months, especially it's been kind of a, year-round um, project, but uh, really ramped it up the last couple months. And Jared is putting the final touches on that. And I, I have no idea how he does what he does, but we give him the content and he makes it into this incredible thing that um, is for free, but we probably should charge for <laughs> But uh, But yeah, it is a free download and it's gonna you know, walk you through uh, the Sabres draft um, specific to them some draft targets in not just the first round, but rounds two through seven. Um, there'll be an update in there about um, the current prospects in our pipeline, where they rank, and um, kind of how they fared this past year. 
yeah, you're not going to want to miss this. I've I've seen I haven't seen the final product yet. I haven't seen the design that Jared has come up with, but I there's no doubt in my mind it's going to look amazing. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Curtis. If you can comment, I on got it. a glimpse on one of the top 32 sections, and you know, just as expected, it looks real sharp, pristine, just high quality Jared work, like you would expect. He just keeps getting better and better. I've been working alongside with Jared for like five years now, and he was he was good five years ago, but <laughs> you're right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, keep an eye out for that over the next couple of days. I'm not sure if we decided if we're giving uh, premiere access or anything like early access, but uh, stay tuned to at the charging buff on Twitter for updates on that but we're going to get more into the draft after we talk about the expansion draft as luke mentioned at the top of the show expansion draft is tomorrow night i hope that all of you are listening before the expansion draft but if you are after you can hear how horribly we messed up on these picks uh luke and i both uh went through the 30 eligible teams in the expansion draft and we picked one from each uh, Luke did more of a cut and dry kind of thing. I decided to get a little creative here and I did some side trades. So we're going to go one by one. Luke, we'll start with you with your pick for the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, see, I would have stressed myself out trying to figure out trades and whatnot. Cause... Hey, I even made a lineup. Yeah, I wow. See, I, I wanted to, but I don't know. I just, once I made the team and got home after work where I put it together and stuff, I just, I, I forgot. Uh, but I have a, I think, a good team here. Five million in cap left over. That was kind of the hint that I gave out. Uh, but do you want to no, hear I, how much I have left over? Well, yes. that can be our little tease. Yes, I have uh, eight million in cap left. Okay, over. okay. So <laughs> that 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 kind yeah. of implies that we kind of went for the same uh, build. Okay. And I tried one, but I ended up five million over the cap with two t- players left yeah. to select. So I just <laughs> quit on that. <laughs> yeah, I made one, like the- and I was like. 12 million over with six teams left and i was like okay <laughs> these are the uh the see i actually did a pretty good job of like watching the cap and like playing ahead and i don't i didn't go over the cap once i think the closest i was to it was like 1.7 but i made some changes uh but no we have we have the three levels i think of like drafters here we have the one who <laughs> you know it, it it's overwhelming just doing it then we have one who it's overwhelming just not doing it cut and dry (laughs) the expert at it uh so before before we get into this let's do a little comparison between this seattle expansion draft and the vegas expansion draft because i know hindsight 2020 but the way that this the protection list look there are some really interesting players that are going to be available for Seattle here. And there's going to be some really good players that don't get taken simply because of the salary cap that we mentioned earlier. So yes. It's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, and it's interesting, to, of course, too, uh, like guys like Gabriel Landeskog, of course, he's UFA, but just being left out there. Uh, lots of question marks, I think, too, with personnel decisions and whatnot. Um, I'll try and get into that when we come across the Oilers because uh, I have a point of contention with their protection list but uh no yeah like you said a lot of good players but those big contracts uh it's kind of a sign everyone's trying to every team is trying to take the chance to say well maybe this is our opportunity to get rid of this contract and hoping that seattle will bite one or two of them did uh did you want me to mind first 
Yeah, go for it first. The Anaheim right. Ducks. Anaheim. Oh, oh. I have mine on here. Actually, it it goes. Uh, I think in order of cap hit. Actually, so. Okay. See if you can find the Anaheim player I can first. Find I have mine. As long as you give way. me what team you want. Then, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have alphabetical order in front of me, so I'll let okay. you know. Okay. I have screenshots. I have screenshots. Okay. Uh, okay. So, with for uh, from the Anaheim Ducks, I have Seattle taking Adam Henrique. Ooh, interesting. I wanted a oh. center. Taking on cap. Yes. Yes. Taking on cap. There's a few of those. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted to have a center, um, because I was also thinking ahead about you know what the lineup would look like which I ultimately didn't make. Um, and I thought Henrique was one who, uh, I think he was scratched at various points too. He was season. waived, I think too. He was waived that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, Henrique might be a good option there. You're going to need some guys who can play on the roster. So uh, Henrique was my pick for the ducks. Next. Okay. My pick. Yes. Your pick. I decided oh, yeah. to, Go with familiarity here. Ron Francis, former GM of the Hurricanes. You know who Anaheim acquired at the trade deadline? Former Carolina Hurricanes top top 10 pick. I think it was like the 6th or 7th overall pick. Hayden Fleury can play left and the right side. Cost-controlled piece. I think this is a no-brainer for Seattle. Seattle had a couple options here. I never considered Henrik. The contract is just too much, and I think he's washed at this point. But I think picking Hayden Fleury, you get a versatile player who's still pretty young. He's got some more to give there, I think. I think he's going to be the pick, especially because of the familiarity with Ron Francis has with Fleury. I've seen Hayden Fleury be the pick on a couple of um, drafts that some uh, folks in the media have put out. The only other player I considered here was Alexander Volkov, who he was pretty yes. good for Anaheim after being picked up in that yeah. trade from Tampa Bay. But as, as you'll see, as we go down the list, there's lots of comparable players, to Alexander Volkov, the young ish player who can probably play up and down the lineup. But I, in the end, I didn't see him cracking the roster and I saw that Hayden Fleury probably could. So that's why I went with Fleury. Yeah. Volkov is a guy who I consider to a, um, I, I for each team, if I was having dilemma, I went to Hockey Reference and compared them and what they did this season. But uh, yeah, Fleury's a good pick though, and you make a good point there about uh, Ronnie Francis, Ronnie franchise. Uh, next, would it be Arizona? Arizona. Arizona. I went with Christian Fisher. Hmm. I've seen other uh, folks take him. That's not why I went with that, but. Um, there was some debate here, but I wound up with beside uh, Fisher would be the uh, best option for the Coyote or for the Kraken from the Coyotes. If I remember off the top of my head, Fisher's making one million, and yeah, see that's our thing. It, guy that can play that isn't making a whole lot yeah. of money. Yeah, the Coyotes pick was tough for me. I went back and forth originally between Christian Fisher and Michael Bunting to sign as a unrestricted free agent. In the end, I decided to go with uh, right-handed defenseman Ilya Labishkin, mm. I believe how you pronounce his name. Uh, again, he's cheap. He's cheapish. He's making about a million bucks. He could be their seventh defenseman, maybe in in the case of injuries. Uh, I don't think he's a flippable asset, but you're going to see some guys who are tradable as we get short down the list shortly. But yeah, he's got like one year left on his deal. You can flip him in the deadline maybe. 
he can play for you in a pinch. He's another guy who I consider too, uh, but ultimately just because Fisher has uh, experience on the roster, I uh, decided to go with him. All right, Boston. Boston, uh, I feel confident about this pick because um, he's a guy that's played a lot. His name has been bandied about, and I've seen it um, in some of our drafts. Uh, Connor Clifton, I went with defenseman. I thought about Connor Clifton too. Again, right-handed defenseman. Uh, he's like 5'10", isn't he? He's making about a million bucks. Um, I thought about him, but in the end, I decided to go with Nick Ritchie. Someone who's probably going to be able to play up and down their lineup. He is an RFA, so they are going to have to sign him. But I think he's an enticing piece for the Bruins here. There weren't many interesting pieces for the Bruins here. I think it was either Richie, Connor Clifton, or um, Jeremy Lozon. I think in one of my Did you guys have any interest in Andre Case? Too many injury issues. I thought about it, but I thought that Richie was a safer bet. Jakob Zaboro, I think, is actually uh, available as well. And I consider that yeah. as a young D-man, uh, but went against it because I, I, I don't... At this stage of the game, if we're talking Bruins defenseman, I'd take Clifton and Lozon over Zaboro. Yeah. All right. Now, the one, the moment you've all been waiting for, the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> okay, Curtis, I think... I, I imagine you have a pick here, too. So, if you want to <laughs> yeah. go first. Yeah, so I was kind of torn on this one between a couple of guys, but I did ultimately decide on uh, Gergensen's. I think that he does have some value. He's got the experience that um, a guy like Ron Francis would value, you know, even on a fourth line role, um, you know, the cap hit isn't ideal, but for a guy that can penalty kill, you know what you're getting out of him. And he's shown that he's pretty reliable um, except for last year's injury. You know, he's played a lot of hockey. So, I thought that one kind of makes sense. And, you know, 2.2 million is pretty palatable for, for taking that on. Yeah. I'll go next. Yeah. If you don't mind Luke. No, you're good. Uh, I was going back and forth between Gergensen's and the one that I actually picked, but I just want to talk a little bit about Will Borgen because I think when the protection list originally came out a few days ago, everyone was freaking out that Rasmus Ristolainen was protected and we'll get into some Sabres news later about the risk the line and asking price in a trade that was reported tonight. But Will Borgen isn't going to make this team. I think we're, we're forgetting that <laughs> he's brought in. If right. he does make the team, Seattle is not going to, they're probably going to be at the bottom of the league. I think we need to face reality here. That Will Borgen is 25 years old. He played 10 games last year and went through a pretty rough injury that required surgery and has had very limited NHL experience before that. I do think he's a good player. I think he can be an NHL player, but Buffalo in Buffalo, we have overrated our prospects for a long time. I'm talking about Nick <laughs> Baptiste, Justin Bailey, Hudson Fashing, Nick Delorier, all these guys. And I'm not, I don't want to bunch Borgen in that group, but he is definitely being overrated. Oregon has to go through waivers at the start of the season. Do you really like, let's ask ourselves this question when we go through our lists here is will Borgen one of the seven best defensemen here? And is he going to get waived? And let's remember Buffalo has first priority in the waiver order. Yeah. They, maybe they pick Borgen, but he's probably getting waived and the Sabres are just going to pick him back up unless they're, they've completely soured on him. Yeah. 
I put some thought into Gergensen's and I, I agree. I think he just based on resume, he's probably the most attractive option, but I, I decide against it because of the injury. Uh, I think, um, I know he's going to come back from it, but, um, usually I just, I skivvy whenever a guy is coming back from uh, an injury like that, thinking a team will uh, take him. So I went with Colin Miller, uh, twice chosen in expansion drafts. Now, if this were to come true, uh, but I think, uh, and again, it, it could have been Jake McCabe, but the injury there too. Uh, and he's, he's, he needs to be signed, I believe too. So, uh, Colin Miller was my choice. The other one I've seen a lot of, uh, people, um, a lot of insiders, whatnot choose is, is Tukarski. I've seen his name pop up a few times. You know, Which... the analogy that the world needs, uh, ditch diggers too. Seattle's going to need an <laughs> AHL goalie too. That's so right. I guess I can see the rationale behind Tokarski being picked here. Uh, but... in the end, I decided to go with Colin Miller here as well, mainly because he's a tradable asset. Maybe Miller is the odd man out and they can retain half his salary and trade him to Winnipeg or something. The team that needs a right-handed shot D but yeah, like you said, he has experience being, uh, an expansion pick he flourished on vegas for a time being and he let's not forget people go to buffalo to die miller will probably bounce back if he goes somewhere else you saying that he has been an expansion just bringing that back up too makes me think i mean that probably could be uh some kind of intangible they look at because he's used to well it's happened before where he's just plucked up and has to go somewhere else um, so dealing with that, I don't know if there's any, I don't know if there's any kind of feeling of dejection that comes with it. But if there is, uh, he's felt it before, and he'd at least be used to it, and probably be a little less disgruntled than another player would be uh, coming over. So, something else. And I also thought about Gergensen's here too. I wouldn't be surprised if Gergensen's is the pick. Uh, part of me wants to see him back next year because he is. Let's not forget he is a pretty good leader and he is a good bottom six yeah. player and he did find his scoring touch uh the season before last before he got that ridiculous contract extension but if you look past the contract he's still a pretty solid player i could see seattle picking him but when you look at it that way he's a million dollars overpaid and he's coming off a season where he was injured the whole time so i could see both ways very good all right calgary next Calgary. Uh, just another kind of hint that I'll volley out there. I took 10 defensemen. I don't know about you, but uh, I took a number of defensemen. Uh, so I, I think I took be... 10 or 11 defensemen. As okay. Well. I didn't know if that would be controversial or not. Uh, from Calgary, I don't know what you think about this. I took Brett Ritchie. Hmm. Calgary, I don't remember having. Brothers. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't remember Calgary uh, having. Many great options. I, Oliver Shillington was there, uh, but um, I decided against that too. Uh, so, yeah, I went with Richie. Uh, get another forward in that lineup. Um, again, I don't have the, the list in front of me of their uh, protected guys, but um, I felt comfortable with that one. I think Seattle is going to get their captain here. I'm going with Mark Giordano. Oh, yes. And- He's I gonna, love that. He's going to be their captain right off the bat, probably, unless they decide to go with what Vegas did, throw some A's on guys and not go with the captain. But, yeah, he's been around. He's the captain of the Flames. The Flames really wanted to protect him, apparently, but the cost was too high to uh, prevent Seattle from taking him. 
So that tells me that they're probably interested unless they're just trying to suck some assets out of the Flames organization. But again, if the the Kraken suck next year, which I don't think they're going to, I think they're, they're, they're going to be a playoff team, depending on if that's the direction they want to go in, unless they want to go really young and kind of do a slow cooker. But they could retain salary on Giordano and trade him, get a first-round pick. Like, there's some options here. And I think he's going to be the pick. I decided against him just because of the age factor. I think uh, maybe Seattle will look for, like you said, he could be traded, but I think Seattle, um, I could see him going more towards a youthful approach and uh, guarantee yeah. they get some time out of these assets. Curtis, you seem to like the Giordano pick. Any thoughts? I do. I just think he's, I mean, he's a proven guy. I think that's, really um, someone you could build an expansion around for you know the, the one year that he's going to be there um, and just make them a little bit relevant you know I think you could slot him on your first pair and then he kind of leads by example to make sure that their first season isn't a dumpster fire absolutely okay Luke the Carolina Hurricanes Ron Carolina Francis's Hur- former team yes sir uh, I went with another well, uh, another forward here Nino Niederreiter. I also went with Nino Niederreiter. There we go. On the same page That's there. That's what I would have taken, too. <laughs> good, I thought good. about Jake Bean. I really thought about Jake Bean here, but when you look at the other defensemen available, it, I think it might have been tough for him to crack the team, although I do really like him. Well, good. Glad right. we're on the page there. Chicago next. Chicago. Let me find them on here. I went with, I believe this player was taken by the Golden Knights as well, Ryan Carpenter. I, I don't think was, he was picked in the expansion draft. I think was he was he like traded a waiver, for? He was a waiver claim, something mm-hmm. like that. I ended yeah. up going with Adam Gaudette. Okay. Depth forward. Yeah, so we both had the same thinking here. Uh, depth forward. Gaudette, of course, a little younger. And once upon a time, a vaunted prospect i believe too yeah but, um, it, i think given the option i probably wouldn't have picked anyone from chicago yeah i know <laughs> the, not not a very, uh, attractive in, there were some interesting names on colorado i'm curious to see who you ended up going there with. definitely were uh i went with jt Comfer. i also went with jt Comfer. there we go Hey, three for three. Nice. Simply because he's he's not he's not young. He's not old. He's like he's in his prime. He's yes. a center. He's versatile. He can play center or wing. He plays that two way style game. He can play up and down your lineup. I thought about uh, Don Scoy here, but yeah, the, there weren't a whole lot of enticing options on Colorado. That that was really the debate. It was either Don Scoy or Comfer, I, I decided to go with the uh, the younger guy. Again, sticking with um, that trend there. Yeah, okay. Columbus. Columbus, Max Domi. I went with Max Domi, too. There we go. Look at the... All right. Are we, we, didn't... Th- are we three for three, Curtis? What do you think? Max Domi? Max Domi. Yep. There we go. <laughs> now, we, we this is our first time finding out about... Uh... Yeah, we, we haven't shared any of this. Right, right. Columbus's list wasn't all that good either, and I think Domi. I think Domi's a better player than what we saw from Colum- his performance in Columbus this year. Of course, he got the John Tortorella effect, 
you put Domi in the top six with the Kraken and the type of players that they had the chance to pick. And I think you could be seeing another 50, 60 point season out of him again. All right, Absolutely. Dallas, this is, I have my first side deal that I alluded to for at the top of the show here. You can Your go first side deal. This is another depth pick for me where, you know, you have to take someone. I went Tanner Caro. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, right. Your, your HL team is going to need some guys. You're going to need some guys that can get called up. <laughs> the world needs ditch diggers. The world too, needs ditch diggers. The ditch digger. <laughs> All right. I, the, the pick that I went with was Adam Masherin who if you can go back to the deep, dark depths of your memory here was the pick that Florida made with uh, the the Sabres trade-up in the Mark Pesic trade. They didn't Mm -hmm. sign him. He entered the draft again, got redrafted by Dallas, has been a good AHL player. But in the side deal, I have the Kraken acquiring Ben Bishop and a 2022 second-round pick. Bishop goes on LTIR, never sees the light of day in Seattle. Sent to the shadow realm. Yeah. The say. reason that I didn't have Bishop as the pick is because uh, we would have been probably really close to the cap. So I decided to make it a side trade. Well, yeah, they could certainly make that work. Uh, that's a very realistic one, too. Um, I think this is going to happen. I really do think this is going to happen, mainly because what are they going to do with these three goalies? And I'm, I think we've been discussing this the last few weeks. Is Ben Bishop ever going to play again? Right. If he is going to play again, they got to get rid of him because you have Jake Ottinger and uh, Hudobin signed for a couple more years. So they got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. All right. Detroit. This was an easy one. I don't know about you. Okay. Now I'm interested. I went Vladislav Nemestikov. Oh, okay. I went with Troy Stetcher. And okay. he was really good at, for Canada at the World Championships. Again, right shot defenseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a really good player. See, I thought and this one was also, too. Also, connection. Dave Haxtell, former coach at North Dakota. Troy Stetcher played at North Dakota at the same time. My goodness. I think this That's is a, a deep a cut right there. Pick. It's deep, yes. Yeah. It's not going to be the only connection. It might be the only North Dakota connection, but there are some flyer connections as we inch closer. Okay. Okay. Okay, you alluded to a problem with Edmonton. Let's hear it. Edmonton, yes. Okay, now... This is something that I actually went to one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Uh, he's an Oilers fan. Uh, and I, I talked to him and I said, can you tell me why Edmonton didn't wait until after the expansion draft to do the Duncan Keith trade so they could protect Oscar Kluffbaum? It, you know, it's not like the, the, the Duncan Keith trade was – it's not like his his market was boiling hot, right? Is Oscar Clefbaum ever going to play again? The impression I get is yes, because I've heard okay, both sides. I, I thought I saw a report that he might not play next year. Next year, perhaps. I mean, I've heard it from both sides, but the Oilers fan is the one who seems disgruntled that Oscar Clefbaum was not protected. Uh, yeah. And I asked him, is there something I'm missing here, or is this just the Oilers being the Oilers? And he said it's the Oilers oiling. So you hmm. see where I'm going with this, Oscar Clefbaum. Uh, yeah. I thought the about- report come out that they, they're they're it's like the Montreal thing. They want him to be injured in quotations, so that mm-hmm. they don't take him. 
<laughs> I thought about making Clefbaum my pick and just stashing him on LTIR and hoping that he can play again because, yeah. again, there's not really many options. But in the end, I decided to go with Tyler Benson. He's been really good in the AHL the past couple of years. He could be a nice depth piece for the Kraken. Yeah, maybe it is the Oilers that are floating out the misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> of some kind. All right, I believe I believe it's Florida next. Florida, yes, sir. And from I think, uh, we can we can both say this at the same time. Chris Drieger. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's why I couldn't yeah, find who... him. I wasn't looking at goalies. Yes, uh, Chris Chris Drieger. <laughs> uh, the news yeah. broke already that they're intent on signing him. So to a three-year, three and a half million dollar deal, which I thought it would be a lower number because this situation reminds me a little bit of Carter Hutton uh, from a few years back. But I, I have decent high hopes for Chris Drieger. Hopefully, I don't know, if you're paying the guy $3.5 million, we were talking about this before we started recording, uh, he's probably going to be your starter unless well, we'll get to that later. The, the, the concern there is that he completely flamed out in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, very good in the regular season, but once the playoffs came around, um, I mean, they went through their entire carousel of goaltenders in that series. So um, I hope it works out for Seattle's sake. Yeah, hopefully. That's an easy uh, player to root for. LA Kings next. I, if, Again, like Chicago, if I had the choice to not pick someone, I would have not picked someone. Yeah. I went with Brendan Lemieux, another guy <laughs> on the roster. Play <laughs> in different areas, I imagine. Yeah, I ended up going with defensive prospect Kale Clegg. It was a prospect that I really liked back in the 2016 draft just for the sake of having depth on defense. Mm-hmm. All right, Minnesota. This was, a, this was a tough one for me. This one was a no-brainer for me. All right, I let's hear it. Goaltender Papo Kakinen. Okay, I, in I one of my that. other ones, I went with Kakinen too. I ended up going with Carson Sosi here. Okay, Curtis, what was that? I said I love the Kakanen one. I mean, he's so cheap. I think he's, he's so really, cheap. He showed well too last year. I think he's. I would love to take him on our team. <laughs> I think. Absolutely. I think. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it later, but I won't be surprised if, if he's not picked. I think he's going to be a Buffalo's favor in this Jack Eichel trade. We'll see. Ooh, we'll talk yeah. about it later, though. That's great, Joe. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about it later. But I think I. You know what? The Wild probably make a side trade with the crack in here because I can't imagine they want to lose Carson Sosi here, especially after Ryan Suter leaving. And now all of a sudden your depth on defense is very thin. So they probably don't want to lose him. And also, I had why did the wild protect Capo Cocken? And why would they protect a 33, 34 year old Cam Talbot over the young guy who's making $725,000. Bill Guerin continues to just amaze. He's at, he's, <laughs> he's constantly switching from one end of the of the spectrum to another. I was just, just about like, to say the same thing because he's either making these really smart moves mm-hmm. or he's setting himself in fourteen million dollars of dead cap. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy, and I hope that he goes into the the dumb side uh, in a couple days when uh, the trade freeze ends and gives the Sabers a lot for Jack Eichel. That's right. All right. Uh, and cocking into being so cheap, that allows you, if you want, I mean, that kind of gives them the opportunity to, to take price. So you have a guy, theoretically, you'll have Drieger, Price, and then Cockney, if you want to put him back in the AHL. 
Um, again, that'll be a high quality AHL option. Might need waivers but, uh, though. I, I don't. I don't know for sure. He might need waivers though. Yeah. Well, it, this is a situation is, um, where you stash three goalies on your team. I had a, a horrible pit in my stomach for Minnesota fans though when it came out that Cocken was indeed exposed. Um, because you know, I mean, in a cap crunch. Why? Why won't you protect the goalie making less than a million dollars? I don't know. What do I know? I'm just a podcast co-host. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the Montreal Canadiens. You're more than that, Luke, Joe. Luke, uh, let's hear it. From Montreal, I went with defenseman Brett Kulak. Okay, I I originally had Kulak, but for I think he was like my eighth defenseman. I was like, I can't. Uh, justify having my eighth defense and making almost two million dollars. Yeah, and I couldn't justify any of the picks. Honestly, I thought I wanted to pick Carey Price. I wanted to make it work, but I could not make it work. Uh, Jonathan Drouin making five and a half million dollars, whatever it is, for another couple of years. Uh, I couldn't justify it. I ended up going with Lucas Vademo. Don't know a lot about him, but he had another year on his contract, and he's dirt cheap. So that's the pick. Again, the analogy, the world needs grave diggers. Lucas Vademo is digging the ditch. I have yeah, no... For Montreal. <laughs> no, you can go, Chris. For much, yeah, for Montreal, I was surprised that Paul Byron is 32 years old. Like, when did that happen? What, how different do you think Paul Byron's career would have been if he was a Sabre? Do you... <laughs> he would have been a useful He's player. league. Right. He might have been a useful player for us. Who knows? But I, I remember at the time where he was traded to Calgary in the Regeer trade, I don't remember hearing about him. Again, I was I was young. I was like 10, 11 years old at the time, but I don't remember a lot of hype around him. Curtis, you're a little older than we are. Was uh, Paul Byron a hyped-up prospect back in the day? Yeah, I was kind of fond of him, actually. I remember you know him kind of coming up and thinking – he has some potential, but I'm back then. I'm, I'm, I feel knowing what I know now, I'm like, wow, I was really stupid back then. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember liking him. I, I really liked Robin Regeer though. So I was just like, oh, whatever. This is great. Let's go. Alex Kotalik was in the Robin Regeer trade. They got him back. That's he right. Never played again though. I, I remember watching, uh, games back then and, uh, I remember Paul Byron's name from a couple games, but I mostly remember him from the video game <laughs> from NHL 10 or whatever. <laughs> he was on the team. Um, but uh, I debated picking him, but then I was like, well, you know, I, I, I think um, it's a lot of money. And I, I swapped him. I saw that I didn't have enough defensemen. So I was like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, I could. Paul Byron is, uh, you know, I can sub him out and take another defenseman there. And uh, luckily, they had an NHL caliber defenseman that was on the team. So um, there's a couple good options on Montreal, I think. Yeah, they got a couple, but a lot of their options are okay. You need five million, three million, two million, this, this, and that, and it's just too much. That's why I ended up going for the dirt cheap option. All right, next up, Nashville. Nashville protected five defensemen, uh, and. They didn't even protect the guy I picked. I picked Cal Yarncroc. I was surprised that they didn't uh, protect him. But they did end up protecting Tanner. I don't even know. I've never, I'm not very familiar with Tanner Jano, I think is how you pronounce it. Gen- Tanner Jano. Tanner Jano. Okay. Uh, he played a bit in the playoffs. Um, 
they're clearly high in him. He got a lot of ice time, even in overtime. I remember uh, yeah. a, that was the series there, or every game kept going overtime against Carolina. Well, they traded Victor Arvidsson because they thought they were going to lose him. So they ended intended on protecting this this Tanner Geno character over Victor Arvidsson, which I think it's smart though. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a, a new face to line up. Uh, they're always been they've always been a defense uh, first team, so. Um, more power to him for taking. Before that we get into your pick, I think David Poyle is running on borrowed time here. I think this will be his last season, full season as GM in Nashville. It really is crazy uh, how long he's been there. When you think of how the mindset, of the game has changed. Um, yeah, he's of that. He's been there the whole time. Nashville's entire the whole time. History, he's, right? He's, yeah. Yes, he's of that same class as like you know Brian Burke and all the other GMs who came from long ago. So it's pretty wild that uh he's lasted this long i mean they've had success though when he's been there my I pick yarn crock who did you pick yeah, i went with uh colton sissons hmm. another guy he's got a lot of term left doesn't he he does and i recall he's pretty cheap yes i think he is he expires in 2026 and it's only like 2.27 million that he's making per year so that's not the it he's a roster player uh that can play for a while um play in your bottom six and uh he's under contract for quite a while too all right Curtis, yeah, what are your thoughts on the predators situation here uh you know i was looking at veterans on this one and at this point i started realizing i was running out of money in my little experiment so i went with eric Halla. cheap yeah. veteran i wanted to sign him so always a trade work. deadline target if you want to trade him i like <laughs> eric Halla. I've yeah. always liked Eric Halla. I, I wouldn't mind if the Sabres brought him in. Yeah, he's one of those kind of guys who's like his role, he's destined to be a hired gun. You know, yeah. he, he's like the standard meat and potatoes, he can get you 20 points kind of guy. Uh, maybe maybe more, maybe 20, 30 points, but, you know, he's he's, he's that kind of guy. Yeah, All better right. than a ditch digger, though. Yes, better than a ditch <laughs> yeah. digger. He's yes. no ditch digger, that's he, for sure. <laughs> he at least, uh, I don't know, he at least runs a forklift or something. <laughs> okay. The the New Jersey Devils. This one was an interesting one for me. I, I really wanted to go with PK Subban because you're an expansion team. You want to have a recognizable face yeah. on your team. Someone that the, the casual fan, like Joe Schmo on the street who watched one hockey game in his life will be like, Oh, I know who PK Subban is. I think someone that can go that. to ticket sales or team events. And be a friendly face and outgoing face, yeah, uh, to greet the fans. And I think Subban would definitely be a smart pickup here because you can, like Giordano, you can flip him at the deadline. You can retain half salary, get a first round pick. In the end, though, uh, I went with Nathan Bastian, a cheap young winger. Uh, he was a second round pick in 2016. Uh, he, I think he played. Yeah, he played some games for the Devils this year. I remember watching him when the the Sabers faced them third. 30- times this year uh i wanted to pick suban but it just didn't make sense with the the way i wanted to structure the team at forward not enough cap space that's interesting to me that you didn't bring up my pick i want will butcher Mm, okay a little younger uh again our defenseman uh can play at this level so i went with a lot of nhl caliber defensemen though so former uh sabers bag holder that's right he had the sabers bag in an airport and we made a podcast about it four or five years ago now 
That's right. Man, we were still okay. in the AV room. Yeah, we were. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. That was, that was something. Yeah. Okay. The New York Islanders, this was their protection list was something. They protected their fourth line and left some good top six caliber players available. This is one of the picks where I went big. I went Jordan Everly. Guy who can still I also get, went with Jordan Everly. He can still yeah. get over. It's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's been a key piece of that team. I think it would be a great pick. Part of, in one of my other uh, experiments here, I had them picking Josh Bailey, but they were incentivized to take Bailey with a second round pick in Kiefer Bellows. Bailey's Bellows, I can been see there. Him picking here too. Yeah. Bailey's been there forever. He played a mm-hmm. full season or around there in uh, 08, 09. Yeah. So I mean, like he's been, he's 30 you know, now he's, he's getting up there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that'll be a I real blow for them to lose. Here are the Bailey. Islanders. You want to lose some cap space here. You want to gain some cap space. And mm-hmm. that's probably why they left Eberle and Bailey exposed here. That's correct. All right. Rangers. Uh, New York Rangers. Yeah. Rangers. I'm excited about this pick. I think this is a player that has gone under the radar. I think it would be uh, – I don't think the Rangers want to see him go because he's been a really good um, contributor in the, the bottom uh, bottom six or so of their lineup. I want Colin Blackwell. I also picked Colin Blackwell. Should have been a Sabre. Mm-hmm. Uh, former Rochester American. Had a really good season with the Amherst, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and, and then they decided to sign Dalton Smith instead, and he played 30 seconds, probably less. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he's turned into a uh, pretty good NHL player. Um, mm-hmm. Dirt cheap, too. Dirt, dirt cheap. cheap. Curtis, right. you got a thought on Colin Blackwell? I think it makes a lot of sense. At this stage of the expansion draft, you know, you're, he is cheap, and he's proven last year that, you know, he can provide value. And at that cost and center position, Makes a lot of sense. Give you a couple. All right. I think he scored on the Sabres a couple of times last year. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> Came back to haunt us. I can't believe that they didn't sign him. That's just unbelievable. Because he was actually. Can you good. really not believe this team didn't make? He was actually though? good for the Amherst, and <laughs> he was just sitting right there in front of them. And they're like, you know what, Dalton Smith, D Smith things, as they say on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Okay, <laughs> Ottawa next. Ottawa? I went with defenseman Joshua Brown. Okay, I, I considered Brown, but the again, the way I wanted to structure my team, I had to pick some... I, I don't want to call him a ditch digger, but uh, Joey Decord, <laughs> a goalie. You need an AHL goalie. You got to pick three goalies, and uh, Decord is my guy. here. He and he has some promise. I think he, he made an appearance a couple times for Ottawa last year. He's okay. I think I don't think uh, Seattle is going to have their team in Palm Springs next year, but wherever they're playing, Joey Decord is going to make an impact for that team. I did consider uh, Hogberg momentarily. Hogberg signed a a longish term deal with a team in Sweden, if Mm. I recall correctly. Curtis probably knows uh, more than I do, though. Is this correct? Oh, I... <laughs> I can't recall. That would be surprising. Uh, I think he signed with Link Shipping or something. I'm not not positive. <laughs> just glancing like at his uh, deal. Just glancing at his numbers, they didn't seem all too bad, and he, he played quite a bit. And I, it was um, his first taste of the NHL. Um, 
So that would surprise me if um he did indeed move on. Did you on. consider Matt Murray here? No, not at all. Yeah, neither did I. No. Uh, I'm looking up to see where Hogberg signed. Yeah, Matt Murray it's, it's is... Link Shipping. He signed until uh, 2025. Wow. So he's not, yeah, he's not coming back. It seems I bet like. he's a guy who could work his way back uh, into the league, though. I mean, you know, yeah, just uh, be surprised. Yeah. All right, the was, Philadelphia uh, Flyers. Philadelphia there Flyers. Some interesting names here. I went with Robert Haig. Ooh, Hog. Okay. Hag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five different pronunciations. Yes. I think it's Haig. I ended up going with Shane Gossespierre. Because okay. if you go back, Gossespierre played his best hockey under uh, whoever the heck the Dave coach's Axel? name is. Dave Axtell, yeah. <laughs> I know you're uh, going and, in one of my in one of my other experiments, I actually had them taking on Gossespear and also in a side trade taking on Voracek and the the Flyers first round pick this year. Mm. But that was that's just so much cap space. I couldn't do it in this wow. one. But I could see them taking on Gossespear as a reclamation project. Gossespear I briefly considered, but I think um Haig being the cheaper option. Um yeah. And not willing to take Vorchek in his massive. I think he's making seven million. Um, eight million, eight point two. I think that's rough. Um, yeah, Hague to me seemed like the uh, the best fit. James Van Riemsdyk too. I w- would not be surprised if he's the pick. I did consider Van Riemsdyk actually. Um, I think that would be a big splash to make. But I I reallocated that money to another pick later in the draft. Ooh, okay. Which I think is coming that's, up. That's a, that's a nice tease. The Pittsburgh yes. Penguins next. Pittsburgh Penguins, I went with Casey. Another Casey goal. DeSmith, a ditch uh, digger. Yeah, uh, what? No, let's <laughs> no. I have DeSmith as the backup, <laughs> or at least splitting time. Well, or I mean, Cockenden has anything to say about it? Maybe Smith. Maybe DeSmith is the ditch digger. <laughs> maybe potentially. <laughs> yeah, I. I wanted to go with Zucker here, but too much money. Like like we said at the top, like you can't just pick the best players. Yeah, like if you could pick the best players, you're running the Stanley Cup next year. But uh, there's a salary cap. I ended up going with Yuso Ricola, an analytics darling, if you will, who everyone was <laughs> freaking out over the Sabers not claiming off waivers. Kind That's of similar to uh, Lubishkin at the beginning. Like you can your seventh or eighth defenseman you can probably pass through waivers and you can be good depth you so ricola there we go san jose sharks next san jose sharks i went with matt nieto i also went with matt nieto good depth player good depth we're, player. Gonna, have to, we're gonna have to rifle through these we're, I think we're spending a lot of time, time on this. Want... what time uh, how long have we been 55 i think we're like 20 minutes in <laughs> i don't think it's too bad i think we're doing fine okay all right it's the expansion show. This could, we're never going to have another expansion in the NHL again. No, no, don't say that. No, listen. No, I think they'll we go shouldn't. to 30, I think they'll go to thirty-four. Well, we shouldn't. That is horrible. <laughs> that's diluting the talent pool, and that's no. That's an obscene oh, you, number. You sound like a suburban hockey dad. No, no, I don't. That's an obscene <laughs> oh. number. You got to be kidding me. Don't give me that thirty-four team nonsense. No, thank. What do you think? I, listen, what do you think they said in the original six? Oh, okay. Listen, 12 teams isn't 34. That's three times the amount of teams. I don't know. I don't listen, know. Listen, where are you going to put teams? 
If you go to 34, where Quebec. are you going to put them? Tulsa? Quebec. Oh, Gary Bettman has a list. Don't you worry. Quebec? Yeah, yeah Portland, I know. Quebec? Houston. Okay, yeah. I think, no, I think it would be disgusting. Unless you lower the amount of players on a team, <laughs> maybe that's an option. I wouldn't care. As long as the talent isn't diluted. Did the did the talent pool get diluted when Vegas came in? I don't think so. I think it's the game has been great since Vegas came in. It, ha- it has been great, but I just think... I mean, you're stretching things super thin. I think it's a stupid idea. Okay, I'm not going to explain myself. I wouldn't hate it. I, I think the NHL would love to have... How much is the expansion fee? $600 million? Yeah. Yeah, they're... If no, there's opportunity, they're going to keep doing it. And, and I think they should. I think well, it's fun. I agree with you, but I don't agree with the idea of 34 teams. <laughs> That's a substantial... I, I bet when we're 90 years old, there will be 40 teams. Oh, God. Gonna make Just watch. Cute. You might as well split it into two different leagues then, and the <laughs> East and West only play in the playoffs. That would be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like like All baseball. Right. Except they now, play, you know. Off of that tangent, the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues, this is where I reallocate the money. You ready for this? Vladimir Tarasenko. I also went with Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah. It sounds like they're not going to keep him, though. It sounds like they're going to retain some salary and trade him and be a broker team. I bet there's a side deal here. I wouldn't be surprised. They're going to take some bomb off of St. Louis, and then they're going to. It's going to be a three-way trade because the, there's no way the Blues are just going to let Tarasenko go for nothing, and then the Kraken are going to get a first-round pick and a prospect, something like that. I don't know about you. Curtis, you have any thoughts on Tarasenko? It's an interesting situation. Clearly, he wants out of there. Um, you know, I think he can still play. And he only has a couple of years left on that contract. So it's not like you're locked into him like Skinner. So, you know, I, th- I think it makes sense. And you can make a deal with somebody else, retain some salary, and really set yourselves up, or Seattle in this case, set themselves up well. Absolutely. Right, there are numerous um, directions they can go with Tarasenko. That's why it makes it more attractive an option, too, I think. Okay, the Tampa Bay Lightning next. This is a side deal for me. This is one that I came up with. I went Yanni Gord. I love Yanni I, Gord. I ended up taking Tyler Johnson, but to take Tyler Johnson, Seattle gets Taylor Radish in a 2022 first-round pick. If you're Seattle here... Without a side deal, I think uh, Cal Foote is a no-brainer. He's mm, going to be yep. a top four defenseman for them. You have Matthew Joseph available. If you're Seattle, I'm saying, hey, Tampa, give me stuff to take on your money because mm-hmm. I can go take Matthew Joseph or Cal Foote, who are a lot significantly cheaper, and you're still screwed. So pay up, and I'll take on your bad contracts. Mm-hmm. I think we will see quite a bit of that, too. Yeah. Mm. All right. Toronto, uh, their pick got leaked today. Alexander Kerfoot. <laughs> um, I think there's a side deal here as well. I have uh, Toronto enticing Seattle to take Kerfoot by giving them former first-round pick Timothy Lilligren uh, to not see. touch Jared McCann. I'm going to give you my pick still. I put Jared McCann because I have a theory – this is a live te- this is a, this is a television production. Okay, they got to be prepared for all possibilities. They could have recorded multiple names. You know what? Yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> that's that's something you got to think of when you're it's possible. 
it's something you got to think of when you're the producer of that. Uh, and if that's not the case, then the producer of the segment and the person who is recording need to be fired. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it, yeah, there's it makes no sense for them not to pick McCann if there's not a side trade. Mm-hmm. McCann is far and away the best option for the Kraken here. But for Toronto to give up a prospect like Philip Hollander and a pick to just to lose him, it doesn't make any sense. I think it's going to be Kerfoot. All right, three teams to go. The Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver. I went with Madison Bowie. Okay, I went with Cole Lind, a younger <laughs> player, goal scorer, good AHL player. I don't think he cracks the lineup, but he can play in the AHL for whatever team. I wouldn't call him a grave digger or a ditch digger or whatever we're calling <laughs> these players here that are more of the throwaway picks, but uh, you build kind of a decent prospect pipeline here with Cole Lind. Okay, Washington next. Washington, I went with... Where did I put them? Where are they? Must want a defenseman. Yes, Nick Jensen. I originally had Nick Jensen, but when I strayed away from Vitek Vanacek... No, well, yeah, Vitek Vanacek is my pick here. But when I uh, strayed away from Kapo Kakinen and decided to go with Carson Sosi, I decided to go with Vanacek as the backup goalie. Just like Kakinen, dirt cheap. He's really cheap. Uh, in the times that he faced the Sabres last year, he looked great. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think I think he's a candidate for the Sabres to trade for, too, because when we're talking about the Sabres needing a goalie, I think Vanacek and Kapokakinen are decent options for them if they're mm-hmm. looking to trade for a guy. I don't, do you have any thoughts on the young? I know you like Kakinen, but any thoughts on Vanacek, Curtis? Vanacek, I, I did indeed have him uh, at one point. But he was one of the dudes that I had to switcheroo um, to maybe add another defenseman. Uh, no, I like Vanacek. He got hurt in the playoffs, unfortunately. Uh, and I don't. Maybe just because maybe we're disillusioned because he's so good against the Sabers. But I don't. I don't get why everyone um, seems like league wide. He doesn't. Uh, he didn't get much respect last season. But uh, I thought for two rookie goaltenders. Uh, they played pretty well, he and Sam Snob, and uh, did a pretty good job for that team. Yeah, yeah I like Vanacek, too. I think that, I mean, I actually honestly would go with Vanacek and Kakanen and just see who, who takes the job. You know, they're, they're both super cheap young guys. I think it's it would be worth it, and, you know, you can spend your money elsewhere. I like that, too. Yeah. I, I If I'm Seattle, I wouldn't even take Chris Drieger. I don't know what they're really doing there, but whatever. Again, I'm just the podcast co-host. <laughs> uh, last but not least, the Winnipeg Jets. I went Nathan Beaulieu. Ooh, okay. I went with uh, right-handed defenseman Dylan DeMello. Dylan DeMello would be a fantastic pick as well. Um, I think it came down to cost for this one for me. Yeah, DeMello's making $3 million, but... I think he's really a no-brainer for the mm. Kraken here. Again, a right shot D. That'll be a big and if hit you go through all of the right shot defensemen that I picked and that you picked too, uh, tell me where Will Borgen fits on the Seattle Kraken opening night lineup. Yeah, exactly. Will Borgen isn't <laughs> in that. Um, he's not in that. He's not in that group, to put it lightly. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. And if we always play this game whenever we do this, uh, if anyone wants to say whose expansion team would win, uh, give us a reply. We're you're gonna always going to win right. because you're you, you you have the more followers. You're the more respected. Of the, <laughs> you're a fool. You're almost a Don't fool. Don't say if you that. Choose me. Don't say that. I know. I know. I'm so, I sell myself myself short all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You're you you're good. You're Thank good. You. You're the co-host. We're 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 a team here. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, come on. All right, Curtis. You know, you get the first vote. Whose team would win? I'm gonna go with Luke. Yeah! Oh, there we go. Yeah! See, you get the vote of confidence. Luke. There we go. There you go. See, he knows it's good for him. He knows what's must good have for been, him. I, I, you know, it must have been you. Nathan Bowl you that put you over the top. It really was. I was a thank you, Curtis. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. And now we're going to get into the entry draft. The Sabres hold the first overall pick. And also, before we get into the draft talk, which is why Curtis is here, he's been anxiously waiting for this moment for the past hour, probably. I, I've lost track of time completely. I don't know how long we're in for, but if you're still here, grab a snack because we're not even close to being done. Um, the The draft guides... Uh, early access, early access is, should be out tomorrow. I saw a DM here. I don't know if Curtis going to elaborate if he's seen it while my phone has been. Yeah, I saw that from Jared. Sounds yeah. like he's wrapping things up, and there be some exclusive copies going out tomorrow night, possibly if all goes well. Okay, I don't know if and we I can. I think that would come through the email. Get the early access copies. Maybe we can touch on that before we sign off here. But yeah. Keep an eye out for that, especially if you signed up last year. I'm assuming that's how you will get the early access. At worst, it'll definitely be available for everyone on Thursday, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So keep an eye out for that. Okay. It's kind of the marquee event of the the year for Chargeball Flow. You know? Yeah, we've been been waiting for this for Mm -hmm. a long time. We've been prepping for this. Excited, I hope. You know, we'll start off our prospect conversation with who we want to pick number one versus who we think will be picked number one. Uh, Curtis, uh, yes. can lead us off here. So I I do believe that Owen Power probably is going to be the first pick, um, much to my chagrin, of course. Um, as you know, I'm a big William Eklund fan. Uh, it's not that I don't like Owen Power. I just see what uh, Eklund's ceiling is. And, you know, I do have some concerns with Power's game that I don't think he's as as much of a sure thing to hit that high-end potential that as, as much as Eklund is, uh, in my opinion, of course. Um, so I, I am a little hopeful after seeing that report from Lance Lysowski uh, recently that, you know, they do have Eklund very high on their board. Maybe that's part of a plan that they think they're getting third overall and can get both players. Um, you know, I think if, if it were me drafting, you know, I think my best player available would Eklund be first. And then if I had third overall and I was able to get own power, then I would do it that way. But, um, you know, it's kind of going to work out if we do get third overall that uh, you take power and Eklund will probably fall to your lap at three. So, you know, I think with William Eklund, he just, he never stops skating. He's always pursuing the puck. Uh, the way he transitions and can carry the puck into into the offensive zone, he can carry it out of his own end, and he does this from the wing, which is really impressive. The fact that he kind of 
shows a lot of traits that centers do, but he can drive a line by himself. Um, I, I've seen some scouting reports that say he he's not capable of driving a line or driving possession, and it just boggles my mind that you can watch him play and think, oh yeah, he's he's um, only benefiting from his line mates. I'm like, what? It just doesn't make sense to me because um, I think he's a very balanced playmaker and a goal scorer. Uh, I think at the NHL level, he's going to be more of a playmaker uh, just for how well his vision is. You know, he's he can make some ridiculous passes that guys wouldn't even think to attempt and he hits them right on the tape and uh for me it's just Ecklinger bust really i, He's got I really an underrated shot pick. too I've, I've seen some really nasty goals and one-timer goals from william Eckland too which are very impressive yeah do you think like his size is a concern because i don't it doesn't bother me one bit I like uh, Bob McKenzie. I didn't watch the the uh, his draft ranking show, but I saw one of the the quotes saying that size is the concern amongst the scouts. But look at all of these the thirty other great things that he does. And I think one of the things that he said was he does he plays a big man's game, and I completely agree. Almost, uh, he's not undersized at the extent that Marco Rossi is, but both of them play bigger than their size than, than it says on the, for his height and weight, if that makes any sense. So he plays bigger yeah, no, than definitely. he actually is, is what I'm trying to say. But yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. With everything you said and the fact that some people are saying, Oh, he's benefiting from playing with Jacob Josephson and uh, Alexander Holtz. I think that's hilarious. I do think Holtz is a decent prospect for the devils. I wouldn't have picked him as high as they did, but yeah, I think Eklund was the driving force on that line without a shadow of a doubt. And if you've been here for the long haul here, Curtis and I, we've been uh, the co-captains of the William Eklund hype train, the conductors, if you will. (laughs) And uh, we've been, riding along strong I, so someone on twitter said if you would if i didn't know any better uh the Eklund family has been paying you guys to <laughs> hype up to our son i promise Wish. that did not happen we just really like uh william Eklund, and we both think he's going to be the best player in the draft and it seems like more people are getting on the william Eklund hype train you Which, guys have so he seeing you guys talk has so and the fact that maybe we do need to take this forward and not, a, not another defenseman. <laughs> do you, well, here is, is there any possibility that maybe we know how important ownership's role is in personnel decisions? Uh, do you think like there's a chance Terry Pagula says, no, we've already taken too many defensemen. Let's take the forward. I don't care I so. where he's ranked. <laughs> is that actually a possibility? If there's one time for Terry Pagula to meddle in decisions, <laughs> it's this. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm not really an Owen Power hater. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an Owen Power hater by any means, but I think William Eklund is the cream of the crop in this draft class. And I wouldn't go to say that he's in a tier by himself. I think there is a tier at the top that is very separate from the rest, and that's William Eklund, Matthew Beniers, and Owen Power. That's how I rank them. That's my top three. Uh, I think if they pick Owen Power, it's not going to be the end of the world like some people right. were describing yeah. it around draft day, uh, draft lottery day when people were freaking out that they want it. I think Owen Power is going to be a really good player. The Sabres, hopefully Rasmus Dahlin can continue to grow and live up to his potential, but they're going to have a scenario where you have 
two thirds of the time, probably more of that, you have a dominant defenseman on the ice in power and Dahlin. And then Samuelson is your third pair left shot D. If he lives up to his potential, you, you have a probably the best defense in the league at that point. And you got oh, yeah. Haru, Ryan Johnson. Maybe they pick another defenseman in the second round. Who knows? We'll get into that in a little bit, but there's pros and cons. I think William Eklund's the best player in the draft, though. I'd pick him and not look back. I would actually trade back a little bit. If I don't think they're going to trade out of one, but I think there's a logical trade partner in the Anaheim Ducks with the third overall pick. You can trade down, add an asset or two. Because if you're Anaheim, you think of Owen Power and Jamie Drysdale playing together on the same pair. If I'm Bob Murray, that's what I'm trying to yeah. do. That's a great fit. I, I like that fit right there. I think I, they yeah, stylistically, each other well. perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Luke, it seems like you're on the the train. You're wearing your conductor. I, I absolutely hat. yeah. You're, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it, I mean, just like just the thing I brought up too. Like, I I just really wonder if how much you know the team is over drafting the same position and. Plus, I don't know if there's a possibility that maybe they look at, like, maybe they feel scorned um, that Darlene isn't yet in that, like, superstar category, and they see, like, what the guys after him have turned, the forwards after him have turned into, like, Svechnikov, like Kachuk. That's not a possibility that I'm thinking about, but, um, again. (laughs) The scenario you brought up, I see it as being the opposite. It's kind of like 2012 with Nail Yakupov. Mm. where they all wanted to draft Ryan Murray and ownership mm-hmm. was like, no, fail for nail. We have to take Yakupov. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the opposite. <laughs> the the, the scouts and the analytics people are in the room saying, hey, this Eklund guy is going to be really good. We think he's the yeah. best forward in the draft. And Terry's like, but there's this big defenseman. He's six foot six, 200-something <laughs> pounds. Why would we pass this guy up? Yeah. And, yeah, I want him out of that room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Billionaires always want bigger toys, and Owen Power is the biggest toy at the top of the draft. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's possible to mention how good Owen Power is without describing his size, and whenever I'm doing my write-ups about prospects in the draft, I try and avoid uh, complimenting size as an attribute. That's something that I really try to stick to. And it's possible to describe Owen Power being a good player without saying, oh, he's big. Like, whenever you yeah. listen to guys talk about Power, it's he's big. It's the second thing out of their mouth besides his name. So he, he's a really good skater for his size. I think there's a lot of offensive upside there. There's room for growth in the defensive side of his game. And I think the biggest uh, deficiencies in Power's game, I think it's fixable. Like, you look at... Darlene and Yoki Haru under good structured defense coaching, not too defensive structured like under uh, King Kruger, but uh, <laughs> under Dan Girardi, who knows if uh, what can come for Owen Power? Because I think the sky's the limit. I think when you talk about the high ceiling and the draft, Ackland and Power are one and two. I don't know about you, Curtis, but that's what I think. Yeah, I think power does have a very high ceiling, you know, not to lean on his size, but it's, I think when you talk about Owen Power and, you know, a lot of people gravitate towards his size, you know, it'd be one thing if he actually used it 
more to his advantage because he doesn't really, especially in the defensive end, you know, I think with how big he is, he's able to get up to top speed quick. And, and that's in one way how his size helps him out because uh, it's like he takes five strides, he's at top speed, and he's just went across both blue lines. So, you know, his ability to carry the puck and, and drive the play, um, that really shows me what type of upside he has for what he offers to the offensive side of the game. Um, on the defensive side, you know, like you said, there, those things are correctable. Um, he, I think he's a little slow, you know, in his lateral movement um, when guys beat him wide, but he's able to recover, which is which is good, you know, that, and that's another part where he uses long reach and his size to help recover. But, you know, from a physical standpoint, I think that he could really turn into a dominant force if he learns how to harness that and, and use it to just overpower other players at times. And, you know, going back to Michigan, I think would be really beneficial for him to fine tune that game. And, you know, Michigan's going to be a powerhouse next year. They're probably going to go all the way to, and win it all. So I mean, it'd be a really good situation for him to to develop that further and, and before he hits the NHL. Because I think, you know, while he probably could play next year, I think it could get a little ugly at times and there would be a lot of growing pains. Yeah, for sure. I think him going back to Michigan, I hope the Sabres don't try and pressure him to leave school and play on what is probably going to be a 32nd place team next year. Definitely best for his development to go win a national title. And as you mentioned that, who who did Michigan lose? I know they lost Strauss, man. Their starting goaltender, Eric Portillo, will be their starter next year. But who else did they lose out of that core? They're adding Luke Hughes. They're getting power. Yeah, they're more adding than losing back. anybody. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about the recruiting class for any draft eligibles this year besides uh, Hughes coming in, but they're going to be scary. They're going to be really scary. Yeah. Good good luck to the rest of the NCAA. That's all I got to say. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, and if you're in, enticed by what we're talking about with Power and Eklund, we have deep dives on both of them at uh, the chargingbuffalo.net a couple weeks ago. Uh, Curtis put out uh, awesome deep dive on Eklund and a while back our very own Austin Broad co-host of the future of the 716 podcast with Curtis put out a deep dive on Owen Power so definitely check those out on our website thechargingbuffalo.net okay so we're talking about trade up candidates the Sabres have shown that they like to trade up especially last year at any point of the first round a guy starts to slip a little bit who is is that guy for you that will your ears will peak perk up and you'll say, you know what, we should try and trade up and get this guy. That is Logan Stankovin. Uh, Stankovin's he, he's another guy that can play a little bit of center and wing. I, again, another player that probably is best suited on the wing at the NHL level. Um, he's another guy that you know scouts talk about him, and the only issue with him is his size. You know, it's the Braden Point thing. You know. Uh, Stankovin, he, he can skate well. He's a great shooter. He is a possession freak. All he does is carry the puck from his end out into the offensive zone over and over and over again. Um, I tracked a few games of his for future considerations, and you know, I was amazed by just how much of his team's possession was driven by him. Um, and then just his ability to, to place pucks inside posts and, and, and set up his teammates. I think he's more of a goal scorer. 
but he's a guy that you know, he played for the WHL last year um, and then was really good for Canada at the U18 tournament. Um, I think if he starts to fall like around 20, um, you know, I have him 15th personally on my board and I know Bob McKenzie's board. He was like 44th in the April rankings and then moved up to 27th. So he's gotten a lot of good attention, but is still kind of one of those fringe first round guys. Um, I would absolutely trade up for him. I have a feeling he's going to be available with their second round pick. Unless a smart team like Carolina, I think they are a dark horse team to pick him because they always pick the guy that like scouting Twitter falls in love with. And Stan Coven is one of those guys. I think Carolina is going to end up picking him if he's available. So I'd trade up for him in a heartbeat with, without a doubt. Uh, I think he's going to be an awesome player. I loved him at the world under 18s. Uh, I had a question about Atu Ratu. Would you think if he somehow slides even more and continues his free fall, is he a candidate to be the Sabres uh, first pick in the second round? Uh, for me personally, I would let him fall. I think that you know, where he was projected to go, you know, just even going back to the beginning part of this year to where he is now, he just didn't develop in Liga like you would want to see, um, especially for a guy his size and in a center. Yeah, I think he's projecting more as like um, maybe like a third line center. Um, I, I was just really frustrated with his development. And um, at that part of the draft, I think there's a few other guys I'd rather take a swing on um, as opposed to hoping for um, um, him to refine that magic and, and turn into the, the star that he could have been. Um, you know, I think uh, Mackie Samuskiewicz is a perfect candidate for, you know, if you're sitting there at 32 and he's there and, and Ratu is, um, I'd rather take Samuskiewicz just because I think he offers more upside and, and is less of a project. Agreed. I think when we're talking the 32nd or 33rd pick, whatever you want to call it, with the Arizona pick being yeah, um, yeah. forfeited, basically a first-round pick. I think you should be shooting for a higher ceiling, and I think Stankoven, Samus Kavich, a player like that, Simon Robertson, uh, Samu Tuamala, the guys like that that have the higher ceiling, I'm going with those guys all day. I think at this point, the game Ratu has a third-line center projection at this point i don't want to call that ceiling i think he still can reach that top six forward status but i don't know i'm unsure about him at this point yeah very much so i think there's more risk there than is worth passing on other guys that are um, available there that offer similar ceilings for sure uh i have a question about a goaltender uh kosa i've there's some I've seen some mock drafts that have him going like in the 10 11 range, but we know how the NHL draft works. He's probably going to slide a little bit. If he ends up sliding to 32 33, whatever we're going to call it, should the Sabres pick a goaltender? That's an interesting one. I don't hate it. Um, you know, we have 10 total picks in this draft, um, and I think Kosa's would be a great choice for that. You know, he had a pretty solid year um, for Edmonton um, back in 1920 and then followed it up with completely dominant uh, performance with Edmonton again this year, and albeit in a very shortened season that the WHL had. But, I mean, I think he had like a 940 save percentage or something like that and won 
17 out of 19 games. <laughs> um, he's a big kid. Uh, I, I like the way he like kind of sees the puck and tracks it. So um, for us at, or at that second round pick, you know, having eight others after that, uh, he's one that I would entertain taking, especially because I, like you said, I've, I've seen people have him like top 15 almost, and you know, which is kind of crazy to me. I I like him, but I don't know that I'm I'm willing to go that high on him. Yeah, for sure. A uh, couple questions about some Finnish prospects. The Samus, Samu Tuomala. Oh, there's a lot of those. Yeah. The, what do you think about the Samus? Uh, of the Samus, I, I like Tuomala the most. Uh, you know, I think he's he's got a pretty good shot, and I think he could be a nice goal scorer. He's a little bit smaller in size, but you know, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, the the Finns were really interesting for me this year. I think you know, being one of the fewer um, junior leagues that was able to kind of play a full year and, and, and go all the way, you know, they got a lot more exposure than maybe they normally would have. Um, so I, I do, I do like to the most. He's another guy that I have kind of in that uh, second round range. I don't know that he would make it to us for the Boston pick. Um, but of, of all of them, I, I like him the most. I think uh, Samu Salmonen is another forward that, uh, you know, he's, he's different than Tomal. He's a lot bigger. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not as fond of his skating as much that I would want to take a chance on him. Uh, you know, when I make my rankings, you know, I, I put them in there. They're kind of like tiers. And, you know, I don't necessarily know that like, if I were on the clock and like Sam Salmon is the best player on my board that I would necessarily take him because, you know, if I've got Salmon in at the top of this particular tier and there's 10 other guys in that tier, you know, I would weigh a lot of things when I made my final selection, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're talking about the Boston pick there. Who are some uh, main options there that you would consider with the, the Bruins pick, which is, I think it's like 52, something like that? Yeah, yep, around there. Um, so this is a guy that I have um, significantly higher than um, some folks do. Um, I have him at 39th. Uh, it's another Finn. Alexi Heimel-Salmi, uh, he's a right shot defenseman, a little undersized, but I mean, he's only, I think he's like 5'11", so he's not too small, uh, but he's, he fits the bill of one of those new age uh, mobile defensemen who likes to carry the puck and, and uh, attack with possession. Uh, I think he's pretty, he has pretty good vision. Um, I, I think for, you know, with forward, I'm sorry, with uh, defenders like that, that like to jump up in the rush and create chances like that. Sometimes they're um, a little off on their defensive game, but uh, for Heimel Salmi, I think he's got a pretty uh, mature defensive game. He has good gap control from what I've seen. And, and I like the way he has a pretty solid two-way game already, um, and especially at that age. So uh, he's one of my favorites. And you know, knowing what the Sabres prospect pool is on the right side, uh, in, in the defensive group, uh, he'd be a perfect guy to add there. Yeah, I was just going to ask you what you thought the biggest weakness is in the Sabres prospect pool, and I thought for sure uh, right-handed defenseman is the weakest part because you look at the depth uh, in the NHL, you got Yuki Haru, you got Ristolainen, uh, Miller, Borgen, and then after that you got some uh, prospects who we're not sure that they're actually going to make the NHL. So if I'm Kevin Adams and company, I'm drafting a couple right shot D this year with those 10 yeah, picks. Definitely. I would hope so. Uh, 
I want to ask you about Owen Zellweger. I think he he reminds me a little bit of Ryan Johnson. Uh, I think we posed this question in our TCB prospects group chat. Who would you rather have, the Zellweger or Ryan Johnson? Oh, I probably would take Zellweger, and I say that because for for whatever reason, Ryan Johnson just hasn't had the offensive production. You know, I think he's going to be an analytics darling, but. You know, at the end of the day, you got to score goals. And for whatever reason, Ryan Johnson just hasn't been able to to contribute as much offense or impact offense as much as I would have liked. Um, and with Zellweger, he's one of the youngest prospects of, available in this class. Um, you know, he, he's another one that showed well this past year in Canada. And uh, I think he has a lot of the same traits as Ryan Johnson. He's, he's a great skater. Uh, he's a great passer. But for whatever reason, Zellweger just is able to find ways to put the puck in the net, um, albeit by hit by his own shot or by setting guys up. So um, that I would defer to Zellweger there, um, but I don't mind having both in the system either. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Zellweger is an interesting prospect. I think if they're picking up own power first overall, I think I, I would probably want to stay away from defenseman high, especially with those two second-round picks, but I think he would be mm-hmm. an exception for me. Uh, last, the last time you were on, uh, your man crush was Tyler Tulio. Do you have a Tyler Tulio version of the 2021 draft? Yeah, that's a, (laughs) I'm still following him (laughs) trying to make sure he's, he hits it. He's gonna, uh, he's gonna hit someday for Edmonton. I believe he's going to play on McDavid's wing. You'll be able to take your victory lap. I I will. (laughs) Um, I, you know, it kind of started off as Logan Stankovin, but he kind of escalated or rose up the rankings a little too quickly. So um, I think it'd be cheating to take him as my Tulio of this year because Stankovin, I think, is going to find his way into the first round. Um, other than that, I think I would take uh, Sean Shigero, uh from the Calgary Hitman and the WHL. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he's an effort guy, high compete level just relentless on puck pursuit and you know he's a very good two-way uh, forward who i i think that you know he would fill a middle six role in the nhl very well uh, the only thing really preventing him from like skyrocketing up rankings is like just his overall offensive skill set it's not that he can't shoot or pass or anything like that it's just he doesn't have those high end abilities to take him to that next level and um, not that the, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but for a guy that probably goes in the third round, uh, maybe falls to the fourth, um, he's someone that I'm a big fan of that I think, you know, is one of the few third, fourth round guys that'll find their way to the NHL and, and make an impact as like a, a third line forward. That's right in the Sabres wheelhouse too, because they got two late thirds and yeah. a high fourth. They still have their fourth rounder, I think. I don't think Bowerl traded that one away, but uh, yeah, I think he's definitely in their wheelhouse. I think he should definitely be a target for the Sabres, especially with their thin forward pipeline. So, yeah, he's definitely an option. Uh, now, like, we go towards the later rounds. Like, we're talking sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Do you have a potential, like, gem there that the Sabres <laughs> should target? Um, Yeah, I think... I... I guess I'll go with, I'll throw two at you right now. Oh, maybe three. Um, 
Ethan Cardwell's one. Um, he's a an overager. Um, I don't know that he how far he falls. I, I could see him maybe being taken as high as a third or or fall as far as the seventh round. Um, but he's a guy that you know came on hot last year when the OHL season ended, and due to how strong that 2020 class was, I, he got skipped over. And I think a part of that was he just he had a rough first half of the year and then really turned it up. But it was too little, too late for for that draft class. Um, he went over to Sweden in this past year and worked on his game a lot. And I saw a player that kind of developed some of the raw parts of his game, you know, where he was, he's great in puck pursuit, but, you know, he had a tendency to over pursue or, or take himself out of position and um, getting that maturity back and, and learning how to be more disciplined in how he pursues the puck. Um, is something I saw him develop on. And, and I really like the way he just plays the game in general, just high paced. Um, and he has, and he could be a scorer, you know, like on the third line. So, um, and he's a centerman, I'm a little smaller, but uh, I, I do like him quite a bit. And he could be a, an overager gem this year. Um, and another one um, I like is uh, Elias Stenman. I think he falls a little bit further, maybe closer to the, rounds five to seven range. Uh, but he's a Swedish forward um, that I think he, he plays with high pace. He has ex excellent vision uh, and he's a very good passer. So um, that those are two guys that I'm really high on in the mid to later rounds that I think are going to fly a little under the radar and then kind of have some good careers here. All right. And you've asked about the good players, but who's someone that the Sabres should avoid like the plague here? <laughs> <laughs> avoid like the plague you know i tend to avoid i tend to avoid those guys once i see that they're bad <laughs> uh, let's see let me just pull my ranks here and see if uh somebody sticks out to me um you know i i guess it, it's kind of swinging off of what we talked about earlier but atu ratu you know i'm just yeah Mm -hmm. I kind of just, you know, I rank them, but I kind of have them off my board with where he's probably going to get selected versus who's around there. That's how I feel about my ranking sometimes. Like when, when the time comes and even like in fantasy, like, like I'm in a fantasy <laughs> football draft and like, I think this happened to me last year, like the third or fourth round, Todd Gurley was still available. And I was like, okay, but like, I don't really want him, but it's Todd Gurley here. I probably should take yeah. him in the fourth round and then you up taking him and you regret it. So I, I know where you're coming from there. Yeah. The, the next highest on your board. Exactly. Okay. And we'll go into the 2022 draft here. We're talking about the drafts. Uh, do you think year for the I I mean I really like Shane Wright I think he's going to be awesome I mean, the following year is just going to be ridiculous with um Connor Bedard who I, I thought outplayed Shane Wright and I thought Shane Wright played extremely well at the U18s uh, this past uh, summer so um yeah you know, at the bottom of the barrel and you know Shane Wright sitting there yeah it's it's could really turn this rebuild around very quickly, especially with assets we're bringing in from an Eichel trade, a Reinhardt trade, a Risto trade, on top of what we've already got um, in store right now. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, for the two and three, we've seen Matthew Savoy and Brad Lambert. They've been names that have been brought up a lot over the past couple of years. Are those your second and third ranked players currently for next year? Uh, yes. Yep. Those are my second and third. Um, I, I'm deferring to Brad Lambert at the mo- at the moment. Um, I'm really interested to see uh, what he does in, um, this upcoming year because um, I think that he, I think it's going to be. Right, and I think Wright's going to be number one um, without a challenge, um, and that's not to say anything bad against Lambert, but that's just how good Wright is. Um, and I think um, Lambert's going to solidify himself as second best and go wire to wire with that one. It's not very common for the second and third spot to be solidified this early out, and we probably could have said this a year ago at this point too. Do you see anyone unseating uh, Lambert and Savoy currently? I know it's very far away. Um, you know, I think it's tough. Savoy's going to be hard to knock off, um, that, um, that podium there. Um, I like Joachim Kamel. I, you know, I started watching a little bit of the 22 guy. He has a very high skilled, uh, forward. Uh, he's a Finn, another Finn. Uh, I've gotten really into the Finnish prospects lately. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I think he's, uh, he showed a lot this past year where he's just a very high skilled forward. I think he's got some good skating ability that to combine with that. And uh, I, I don't necessarily think he's kind of thought about in the top 10 range right now, but uh, I could see him rising up into that potential as the year goes on. All right. Great conversation about prospects here for this year's draft and a little bit of the next year's draft. Okay, we're going to bring Luke back into the conversation. I hope he didn't fall asleep. No, no, I was just, oh. no, that was great. <laughs> Joe, you're a great, um, you're a great question. I am. Yeah, you are. I, 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 it felt natural. Maybe I, maybe. No, I know. Co- like, I'm thinking, <laughs> like, you know, we'll get into that off the air. Uh, Curtis, you're like my <laughs> first, like, real interview here. Yeah, I, yeah, last, I, yeah. <laughs> last time you were on was a while ago. I, I'm I going to timestamp this. Um, I, we'll make it clear in the tweet, Joe, where the expansion talk ends and where the talk <laughs> ends. Okay. So in case yeah, anyone perfect. wants to skip around, this will be a long one. This feels like we've been going a long time, and it feels like there's still going to be a long, a long time to go because we got to talk about trades and off season and a lot more stuff. So again, <laughs> you probably finished your last snack. Last time I brought it up, uh, go get another one. You know, maybe you listen to part of it on your drive to work. You listen to the draft part on the drive home, and then you, you know, sit on the couch and then listen to the rest. So you're, we're, we're in the home stretch here. I promise we're, we're getting there. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Coming out tonight, actually, you're probably listening to this on the day of the expansion draft, but uh, from insider trading, I think it was Pierre Lebrun reporting that the Sabres asking price for Rasmus Ristolainen is a first-round pick and a prospect. So I, I don't think any of us saw this coming, but thoughts on the asking price? That's a win at this point, right? Like yeah, for sure. We 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 watch Rasmus oh, yeah. Big win. huge win. We watch him every game, and you think, man, we'd be lucky. I'd like a second round pick for this guy. And, and I would and, take a, a third round pick. Point, yeah. Honestly. So yes, <laughs> if it's a first round pick, uh, 
and and uh, prospects. I do, do we know what level prospects are we talking here? I you know what Darren Dreger on the Instigators the other day said a second round pick and a young defenseman. Uh, LeBron today said a first round pick and a prospect. I feel like it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I don't think they're going to get a first round pick, but if you're in a second round pick for risk the line at this point, take it and run. I don't care. Yeah. If you, if you can retain salary and maximize the trade value here, I think the, the teams that were mentioned were Winnipeg and Montreal. Montreal is losing uh, Shea Weber because of the, what the heck is going on with him? He's yeah, his body's just broken. Numerous apparently. injuries. Thank God. Numerous injuries. Uh, so they're gonna yeah, they're gonna need to foot. replace him and they probably see Ristolin as a potential replacement. And if you think about it, their pick is essentially a second round pick. So mm. big whoop. They have cap space. They might lose Carey Price too. They're gonna need to spend a lot of money. Uh one of the ideas brought up in the Charging Buffalo group chat. Jonathan Drouin and Montreal's first-round pick for Rasmus Ristolainen. Basically a wash for the cap, and you get a pick. So Yeah, and I do like that Montreal destination, and that is a good point about Shea Weber. Um, a younger defenseman and kind of a similar build, I guess you can say, too, to Shea Weber. Uh it wouldn't be too much of a daunting change if Rasmus is the replacement there. So that could, that definitely does make sense um, for Montreal. Uh, but yeah, Drew and I could see that that might be a reclamation project in a way too. Uh, if I think Drew it's a reclamation project worth taking on. I don't right. know about you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, on, on with what this team's going to look like next year, there's a lot more reward, I think, than um, bust. Yeah. If you're Curtis, what do you think about Rist- this Ristolainen ask? I think a Ristolainen trade would be the biggest addition by subtraction trade in NHL history. <laughs> Whatever we can get is is going to work out just fine. I uh, just get him out of here. <laughs> just, They're like, going to he- get like a 2022 unprotected first round pick. And it's just going to end up being Shane Wright, and it's going to be great. That's my that's my hope. Oh, like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> just just who cares what you even get for him? Because it's not like he's a player that's even if he goes to another team and wins a cup the first year, he's not going to be the reason they win the cup. Oh, just, you know, just... you know that the the hockey people are going to be like. Well, no, Pierre Maguire is not going to be on the broadcast anymore. Never mind. But you're going to see. <laughs> Where is he going to go? Winnipeg wins the cup next year. Uh, Ristolainen is the first guy to get the cup. Shifley passes the cup to him. And then they're like, oh, this is the one. Rasmus Ristolainen. They could have had him four years ago for Nikolai Ehlers, but he finally comes. And his grit and jam helped bring the Jets to another level. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I I know. Just... just... (laughs) Just whatever it takes, just wash your hands of the guy now. Yeah. Okay. If they if they get anything remotely close to that asking price, though, wonderful. Apparently, asking prices have been out for all of their quote unquote core players. I know Ristolainen can be in the finger quotes there, but uh, Eichel and Reinhardt's asking prices both have been out there. If we're ready to move on to that, if anyone has any more. One more thing on Ristolainen. Yeah. Um, you know, that like with that all said, 
of course, if it's a, a fourth or a fifth round pick, I'd be disappointed, right? I mean, you want if it's anything past the second round pick, you want either like you know a second and a third, or um, I think you know there's still a way to be disappointed with the return, uh, but maybe that first round pick is wishful thinking. But I hope I in the sky, I want a young right-handed defenseman that can play right away. That's like mm-hmm. 20 years old. Reset the clock, if you will. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, try like, again. Like old. the Yoki Haru trade. Like, mm-hmm. around. like to a certain degree, at least. You got a young defenseman that can take his spot. If you can get another right-handed defenseman in this trade and replace him on the roster, I think you're you're doing well. And if you can get a first-round pick, like we were talking about the, uh, in the conversation with Curtis about the prospects that will be available late first, early second round, if they can get Logan Stankoven with the Rasmus versus the line in first round pick, if they get it, like, okay, thank you very much. I am going to take that and go home. You said Logan Stan, and I thought you were going where I was going, but what if you get Logan Stanley in a uh, trade for Risto? <sighs> I mean, but sure. It kind of, it's kind of like what you're saying, though. You're yeah. getting a younger defenseman. You can get a pick, too, in there, too, to yeah. even it out. So. He's a big boy. He's big. He's a big boy. Can't really <laughs> skate, but he is a big boy. He uh, <laughs> scored a couple of playoff goals. I don't know, just a yeah. name to throw out there. Another young. Maybe they protected defenseman. him. I don't know if they're gonna want to get rid of him. For Winnipeg, I was thinking protected Sammy Niku. He's an asset. I think I was thinking Sammy Niku for Winnipeg. If we're talking a young defenseman, or or Billy Hainola. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That. Yeah, Billy Hano. I would. I'd do that one for one. I don't care. I. I don't need another pick or anything. Love I don't think all. they would do that though. Again, right-handed defenseman. That would be. That'd be nice. I would be. Sign me up for that. I would add. Actually, I don't care what. What else? Like something <laughs> reasonable at least. Yeah, for sure. Do, do you, Luke? You follow the Jets? Do you think mm-hmm. they've soured on him throwing him into the deep end too early? No, no, not at all. Not okay. at all. I think. I mean, no, he had to play because of injuries and just desperation, I guess you can say. Then uh, he didn't play, I believe it was a year after that, um, just because eventually things leveled out a little while. And then, of course, um, I don't think there was an option for him to play this year. So, no, I don't I don't think at all um, anything soured there. The fans are still positive on him. So, um, okay. no, he'll, right. yeah, he'll be fine. Plus, he was good. Cool relatively good when he did play so at least i you know i enjoyed watching him while we're on the topic of the jets and Hinola, that jacob truba trade what a disaster that turned out to be for the rangers the mm-hmm. jets got the pick that turned out to be Vili Hainola and ah his name's escaping me neil pionk uh, yeah neil pionk he's pretty that darn good out, that turned out to be a great trade for the mm-hmm. winnipeg jets Okay, we'll shift gears to Sam Reinhardt, and we'll leave the the biggest name for last. I think we all know what that is. Uh, David Pagnota of the fourth period reporting that the Sabres want a young NHL-ready player as a part of a package for Sam Reinhardt. And uh, apparently talks are intensifying. So, yeah, when you think of a young NHL player, I think there's many interpretations uh, you, your mind can go to when we're talking about that. If I'm the Sabres, I want a top 10 pick. I think the Kings are apparently open for business when it comes to the eighth overall pick to get another top six forward. 
The Canucks probably have the ninth pick on the table to get Reinhardt. I could see them being interested. Uh, what are you hoping that the Sabres come out with in a Reinhardt trade if they decide to move him? I I, I would like um, a first-round pick from a team like that that you mentioned, a team like the Canucks. You think of a similar team like that, could be any given year, where they have a bad uh, finish with a top-ten pick in the draft, but they could still be one player away uh, like from getting back to the playoffs. So that, that would be an ideal spot. It, you mentioned a young roster player. Obviously, Vancouver has a lot of those, um, but just thinking of names that, uh, like who that guy can be, you don't want to go too extreme. Like, I don't think Besser could Besser be in that deal. You think like a, a player of that caliber, like one of their young core members? I feel like possibly Besser is. I think you can call him a young forward. Sam Reinhardt is a young forward, for God's sake. Like, mm-hmm. where, where are we going with here? Oh, yeah. yeah um... What about uh, <laughs> what about Horvat? His name was was thrown about. Yeah, I believe Pavel he was almost Buchnevich. traded. Right, he was supposed to trade for Pavel Buchnevich, uh last week, I believe it was. Is that? Do you guys think that could be a possibility? I I like Bo Horvat, as a player, but I don't think that yeah. makes sense. Uh, Jim Benning. <laughs> It yeah. is Jim Benning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah, never know. Um, yeah, but I mean, if he was for Pavel Buchnevich, if that was discussed, is yeah. it you know that unreasonable that he could go for Reinhardt? Yeah, but the Rangers, when you look at it from their perspective, they want a center. They they really want a top line center, and I think that discussion should show that maybe they're not as in on Eichel as uh, the media is making it out to be. Mm-hmm. That they're shifting their gears to a player like Bo Horvat, who's really good. I like Bo Horvat a lot. I wish the Sabres drafted him in 2013 instead of uh, the big boy. <laughs> but I think if you're if you're trading Reinhardt, give me futures. And when we're talking about young NHL forward, it's like the Ristolainen discussion. Give me a 20 year old who can play on the roster next year. Someone who, yeah. uh, so you want to sell tickets next year? You're able to sell tickets hopefully and barring another covid spike uh you're gonna want to be like oh that's the guy we got for sam reinhardt little johnny i know you've never seen a good on ice product in your lifetime but yeah there's this guy's a part of the future they need players like that yeah what about uh, alex newhook from colorado like a colorado yeah. trade yeah that's perfect and you know colorado makes sense to a certain degree especially if they lose landis cog and i think yeah you can get reinhardt signed to a decent contract you can probably get him locked up to a, if you're sam reinhardt are you gonna take a team-friendly deal in colorado i would well if landis cog leaves too he might not have to necessarily yeah I yeah. don't know what they're offering Landis Cog and what Landis Cog. Well, McCarr, wanted, but... Cal McCarr is going to make nine million minimum, probably with the Miro Heiskanen deal. So it's it's going to be tough for Colorado, but he should be. Yeah, I think should make more than Heiskanen. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I think if Alex Newhook is a great candidate for a young young NHL player, would you do Reinhardt for Newhook one for one, or would you try and hold out for more? I'd want more. Yeah. I mean, a first round pick from Colorado is going to be like, you know, low, late 20s. So, yeah, it's like you know, 25th, if you get a, first, a 2022 first and, and new hook, I, I think I could pull the trigger on that. All maybe. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I hope. Mm-hmm. 
That's something like that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna need more. Okay, Jack Eichel. We've been we've been waiting for this all day. Uh, there's a couple tidbits on Jack Eichel. We'll start with the apparent asking price that came out again. David Pagnota, the fourth period. The Sabers have not changed their price for Eichel. They're asking for two NHL players, two top prospects, and or first round picks. A minimum of four assets. And Elliot Friedman on the Thirty One Thoughts podcast. Soon to be Thirty Two Thoughts. I don't know when they're switching over. But anyways, <laughs> it sounds like Anaheim is out on Eichel. It sounds like LA is out, and it sounds like Calgary is out. Minnesota is in there, and he wouldn't count out the Rangers. Thoughts? I think that's a fair asking price. Yeah, definitely. And oh, we're yeah. talking Minnesota here. Who are the prime pieces here? Okay, if we're going off the asking price, and we'll go with Minnesota here. Two NHL players, they're probably wanting younger players. I'm looking at Jordan Greenway for sure. Mm-hmm. He's one of them. Dumba, yep. the, Dumba, they need defensemen. They definitely need defensemen. But when you look at Minnesota, they don't really have the pieces to just dump off their roster to clear cap. Like they, they have a pretty decent cap situation for the players that they currently have, but the buyout penalties are rough and their depth on defense has uh, definitely decreased in, over the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So maybe not. Yeah. Dumb, and they got the Kaprizov thing coming up. Fiala too. So and yeah, when pondering this, I was thinking maybe Kevin Fiala is that second younger roster player and then the Sabres can just flip him because given his age he doesn't really fit into the timeline either now Mm because he's the same age as Sam Reinhart so maybe they go with something like Greenway, Fiala one of Marco Rossi and or uh, Matthew Boldy something like that and maybe a pick I feel yeah, I like, like that. yeah, I do. I feel like Greenway is most likely a lock to be um, included there. Mm-hmm. And Rossi obviously being the the prime uh, piece of that trade. I think mm-hmm. if you're able to get him, that's that's got the potential to be a very at this point is it high risk, high reward given his heart condition after COVID. Uh, Curtis, what are your thoughts on that? Are you scared off about his COVID situation? Um, not really. From everything I've seen, you know, he seems to have recovered um, well. I know he's skating again and in, in training, so I think that yeah, I'm going to bet on the talent there. Uh, you know, obviously, if there were was a risk to to him, I'm sure that the Sabres would do their diligence to make sure the medical is clear and, you know, he's not an, an at-risk prospect because, um, you know, that was a scary thing that happened to Rossi last year, but, um, and it cost him his entire draft year plus one. So, um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I, I'm not afraid of that because I would imagine that the Sabres do their diligence to make sure that um, he's got a full bill of health. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Rangers, Curtis, you have gone off for many months now about how you're sick of these Rangers fans trade proposals. Uh, is there an offer from the Rangers that uh, if the Sabres do end up trading Jack Eichel to the Rangers, an offer that you would be okay with? 
Um, any package really that includes Kako or Lafreniere, um, but by all accounts, I mean, not just those two, but even their next three best prospects are off limits. And, you know, once you get to that point, it's like, I don't want Nils Lundqvist to be the main piece of a, of an Eichel trade, you know, from the prospect perspective, because I think that they would throw in some roster players to, to make it work, but you know, that, that doesn't fit with what we're trying to do. And, you know, I think that with, with cousins and Darlene and all these young guys coming up, you know, I don't think even if you add all those pieces from the Rangers that they might give us, that you're a contender next year. I think you need, that we need to be thinking more in the future, like two, three years down the road. And, and by bringing in high-end roster players like a Butinevich or a Hedl, um, you're just throwing off the timeline for when your younger guys are hitting their prime. And, and then I just don't understand how the Rangers could put together a package that makes sense from a value standpoint and from our timeline. Yeah, agreed. And when you hear the Ranger fans' offers, it's like Ryan Strom, Braden Schneider, <laughs> like a bunch of defensemen, Russians. Yeah. Like, do your research, Ranger. Yeah, and then like, what's wrong with you, Sabres fans? Why wouldn't you? Take Why don't that? you like Vitaly Kravtsov? <laughs> He's an elite prospect. No. <laughs> you know what? Take our backup goalie. Our second, third line center that's been a product of our Tammy Panarin. Uh, our fifth and sixth best prospects. And you know what? The 15th overall pick for good measure. No, come on. And, you know, going back to the asking price, I can see why people would say, oh, man, that's literally the Ryan O'Reilly trade. When you classify it as two NHL players, a first-round pick, and a prospect, yeah, I guess so. But I would hope that Kevin Adams is asking for – higher quality than quantity. And I'm, I really hope that that's the case because I, if this is a quantity, a quantity for quality, quality being Jack Eichel trade, I am scared, but we know that the Sabres aren't going to win this trade. Maybe they'll survive it, but they're not going to win it unless Eichel never plays again. And I mm-hmm. hope that's not the case, but yeah, uh, if they survive this trade and get some good pieces, I'm okay. Re- replenish that cupboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stock that pantry. Okay. Uh, Friedman mentioned the three teams that are out, like Flames, Kings, and Ducks. Do you think uh, that's really the case, or are we seeing some bluffing here? Mm. <sighs> I I think it's the case. I think it's true. Yeah, yeah. I, that's really a shame because I was really holding out hope that they were going to be able to get the third overall pick from the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, like I, I, I just feel like, how often do you see a team that's been reported to be out of the running just swoop in and catch everybody by surprise? And it's like, oh, well, I, I thought you were out of it, and no, they come back in and get the guy. I don't recall that. Happening. I Actually, the Sabres. On, uh, WGR, they said that this morning, or it was uh, on the afternoon show, they said that um, with the RR trade, it was like reported that the Blues were out on O'Reilly and then yeah. swooped in and did oh. that. Yeah, because I remember they signed Tyler Bozak that day. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, they must be done. And there was word that the Islanders were hot on O'Reilly at the draft and offered 
It might have been both of their first round picks. I don't remember. Or one of the first. Wallstrom and Dobson. I don't remember which one, though. I and remember the... literally right after they announced the trade. Yeah. I remember the Canadians being um, big players in there, too. Yeah, they wouldn't give up the third overall pick. I bet they mm-hmm. regret that now. <laughs> well imagine how different things would be if the Sabres got Brady Kachuk instead of that steaming hot pile of garbage that they got you know because they would have picked Kachuk Mm -hmm. Kachuk was their number two player on their list at the time Mm -hmm. so and Kachuk's the type of player that they need desperately absolutely yeah so okay do we uh, you know the draft is a few days away Wow, what are we feeling? Uh, are all of them going to be gone by the end of the week? What do you guys think? No, no. I, 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 I can't. I can't say yes. I can't do. <laughs> Things move so slow with this team. That's true. Yeah, like, I, I can see two of them. Two gone. Um, I, I'm. I do think there's an outside chance that they just throw a boatload of money at Reinhardt to stay. Mm-hmm. You need some warm bodies and Reinhardt is more than a warm body but you know what I mean you yeah I've been saying it for weeks and weeks you can't have Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat drown next year whether Eichel is here whether Reinhardt is here whether they're gone you need to get another center to insulate these guys I know everyone is very high on Dylan Cousins I think a lot of people are more optimistic about Casey Middlestat now I'll say that but you need to make sure these guys don't fail because when we compare uh, where we are now versus where we were before Sam Reinhart and Jack Eichel arrived, we're in a much, much better stable situation. Uh, The prospect pool is arguably just as good. The NHL roster player, young players are better. When you compare Cousins, Middlestat, Darlene, Yoki Haru to the likes of Ristolainen, Zadorov, Grigorenko, and Gergensons. Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I think uh, we all know which we would pick. Yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> boy. <sighs> what is the situation that we're in? Uh, how many years has it been? It's been five, six years since Eichel got drafted, and now we're already almost at the point where he is going to be playing for another team. I feel like uh, Reinhardt and Risto get traded on draft day, and I think uh, Eichel will uh, drag on a little bit longer because especially the teams with the high first-round picks seem yeah. to be out. So there's no rush for the Sabres to get a deal done. No, there's not a day where a no movement clause is going to kick in out of nowhere for another year, so they they got time to to waste here. Uh, just maybe they just take the best offer if teams are, I don't know, playing chicken. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. We do. Do you guys have any other points to get into here before we get into the Twitter questions? No, sir. No. Okay, uh, we got one question from the lefty gamer. Which prospect, realistically, you hope would drop down to our early second round pick? I think we both answered this earlier. I think, I yeah, speak on behalf of Curtis and myself, uh, Logan Stankoven. Yep. Okay. Uh, next question: 
from friend of the show, Mike, 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 Mike. We've talked about Eichel being gone, but have we discussed the groundwork on a Reinhardt trade? Who is in play as a return, and what teams do you think are serious about him? Also, who plays net for the Sabres next year? A couple parts of that question. Hmm. Well, thank you, Mike, of course. Um, one of the favorites here. Uh, I think we, we, we talked about the Reinhardt part, I believe. Uh, I, I I think it's more likely that Allmark comes back and he's back in that next year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, especially given the sheer amount of goalies that are going to be available. And is Linus Allmark going to want to be a number one or is he going to want to be a backup or a tandem? I think he's got an opportunity to be a number one goalie here. And again, I'm going to take my victory lap when I was telling everyone traded him for a second round pick and everyone was yelling at me like oh how could you we gotta stop we gotta stop doing this and then he got injured like the next day <laughs> okay again that's me patting myself on the back two weeks in a row thank you very much uh curtis who's in that next year probably is all mark at a price we really don't want to pay but you know, i mean yeah. barring some sort they of can pay it. Ideal, premium <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, barring some side deal with Seattle, like after they make their expansion, you know, to get like a Cochran or a Vanacek, I think that it's probably going to be Allmark as well. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's the Buffalo Sabres we're talking about here. Uko Pekalukinen. Oh, yeah. You know, Throw him into the fire. I, I could see it. <laughs> I could see it. Terry Pagula wanted him on the team this season. Terry likes big guys. He saw him at yeah. the World Juniors. Saw him at the World Juniors. He called him Mr. Lukanen. I remember <laughs> the interview. Okay. Uh, next question comes from Steven. Thanks for that again, Mike. Uh, if big, if McCabe has interest in returning, what is the upper limit on AAV that you would sign him to on a one year deal? two three year deal or a four plus year term okay so he's asking about money and term what's your ideal mccabe contract big if he wants to come back in terms of all those the number that i stop at is three and a half million okay yeah 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 i was gonna say four for 16 i think Mm -hmm. i would just want to extend him a one-year contract because if you think about it that buys Owen Power one year to go back to Michigan, come back in, and then uh, in two years' time, you can have Darlene Power and Samuelson on your left side. Mm, yeah, it's going to be like a, a one-year prove-it deal. Uh, McCabe can come back, prove to the league that he can still play after his gruesome injury last year. They can flip him at the deadline and then uh, move on with the youth movement from there. All right, thanks for that, Steve. And next question comes from C Dubs. If anyone not in the main three, Jack, Risto, Sam, were not traded were were to be traded, who would it be? So someone like a dark horse to be traded. I'll go first. I think Victor Olipson. I still have the knife in my back after he changed his jersey number after I bought his <laughs> number sixty eight royal blue jersey. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. I when you craft a mock lineup for the Sabres next year, it's hard to find a spot for Victor Olofsson. I could see him being dealt for a high return. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I mean, go, go ahead. 
Oh yeah, I, I, I again, I don't think we have many desirable assets on the team, so I'm gonna say Colin Miller if he's still here. Okay. Uh, I, I, I agree with Olafson, uh, but I guess I'll change it up. I could maybe see somebody being desperate and taking Cody Eakin off our hands as a penalty <laughs> killer. If only that would yeah. be wonderful at the deadline. Oh my God, right? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think, you know what, we all said that Vladimir Saboka wasn't going to play for the Sabres that last year, and he still did. Cody Eakin's going to be on the team next year. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Granado <laughs> didn't really like him when he became head coach, so maybe not. I take that back. He'll be captain of the Amerks. Okay, and last question from John Brown. Two questions. Do you think Owen Power can dunk? And do you think the Sabres have made Eichel's medical records available to anybody at this point? I feel like given his height and the fact that he's a professional athlete, he has to have the athleticism to be able to dunk. If we're talking like a a regulation NBA court, I presume. uh, (laughs) I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Owen power can definitely dunk. I, if we ever have the opportunity to interview Owen Power, I will ask him. Owen, because <laughs> I'm apparently good at uh, asking questions now. Yeah, just finding that out. Uh, okay, and the second part of John's question: uh, Do we think that the Sabers at this point have made Eichel's medical records available to anyone? I won't be surprised. It seemed. Like uh, a couple weeks ago, Allie Friedman said that they're only giving that out to the teams that are serious and bring good offers. I wouldn't be surprised if they make it available to everyone, but uh, what they were doing originally by that report, I think it's smart to, okay, you better pony up a pretty good offer if you want to even take a look at his medical Mm -hmm. records. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I think that they got um to, for people to come up to the table wanting to to get a look at eichel and before they even pitch something they're going to want to know so I, I i could i bet teams are not even offering anything or having a discussion without having some idea of what what that looks like mm-hmm. all right that is it for the questions and i think our marathon of an episode has finally reached its conclusion if you listened wall to wall here you got a pat on the back uh i <laughs> commend you're a true you. fan you're you're a true fan you're a trooper um yeah let us, if you enjoyed let us know uh again uh if you're listening to this tonight and slash in the middle of the night whenever this gets up hopefully we'll get it up right away and uh you can listen to our expansion draft predictions before they actually happen uh if you enjoyed let us know once again we appreciate your feedback uh, you can follow the Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buffalo or prospect coverage on Instagram as well at Future of the Seven One Six. Charging Buffalo's got a, po- a, pro- a podcast network now. Uh, Curtis, you want to shout out your podcast? Uh, yep, at Seven One Six Future Pod. That's with myself, Curtis at Curtis NHL Draft and Austin Broad. He's at Austin underscore Broad, and you know we really focus on. Uh, the Sabres prospects and and the NHL draft. So this is the time of year. It's like our Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. I'm really looking forward to your guys' podcast next year. When uh, you know we're probably gonna by Christmas time, we're gonna be in like full draft mode. 
So that's going to be really interesting, especially with the 10 plus prospects that we're going to be adding to our organization this year. It's going to be uh, definitely follow uh, the future of the 716. A great listen for many years to come as this rebuild drags on. And also, <laughs> let's not forget about the Saber Metrics podcast with Bill and Walt. Definitely go give them a follow as well. I don't have their ads uh, handy, but go search them up, subscribe, subscribe to all the podcasts. Good content for you throughout what's going to be a fun off season. And we're also on Twitter. Uh, Curtis already gave you his at, but I am at Joe TCB NHL. Luke is at LVKETCB. And again, we hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, subscribe to the podcast too. Leave us a five star review because, you know, why not? Uh, and we'll be back next week, probably next Tuesday to give you a draft recap, hopefully recap some trades and keep your eyes peeled for the charging Buffalo draft guide. The second annual one of VIP copies out tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this. Okay. Once again, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening and we will see you in the next one.